0: Hi, I'm Greg Macdonald, and you're listening to Glory Days of Gold.
1: Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow
2: presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course banner. All conquering East
3: Fife. As I have made my way to that inch wells and Road Sing my songs for the boys in black and gold. I heard the stories about 1938. When I was just a boy, and knew I'd have to win. Now there's broken dreams and what might have been at that stadium by the shore. But those glory days and gold might return once more.
1: Hello, hello, how do you do? We are the boys from New Bayview and we're back with another episode of Glory Days of Gold, your East Fife and Scottish football podcast. I'm Michael McCall. I'm a very hungover legalist.
4: I'm Gordon Henderson. I'm a very happy Andrew Warrender.
1: And it's it's going to be a rough podcast, I think. Like You three were out celebrating clearly, so your voices may not last through this
2: no i don't
1: think so this this would be a nice shot one i my voice is surprisingly good i've been commentating on 11 matches in 11 days not consecutively one day i had three games to do which i discovered is way too much to do in one day um so (laughs) i done one on saturday night one on friday night but my voice is hanging in there so we will get through this we'll try and Keep it tight, because I like the, the tight ones that you've been doing when I've not been here, so I'll, yeah. I'll not go on about too much stuff from over here, as it annoys Lee, so we'll, we'll get into all the <laughs> on the good stuff. But before we get into anything, let's just hear from this episode's sponsors. East Fife Community Football Club is proud to sponsor Glory Days of Gold. Keep up to date with
0: all our community programmes through our Facebook and Twitter pages, there are classes available for every age and ability from toddlers to walking football. Just search East Fife Community Football Club. May's Mortgages are 5 based mortgage and protection specialists. Our aim is to provide our clients with high-quality, personal and friendly service. Our advisors have over 25 years of industry experience and have an outstanding record for sourcing our clients the products that suit their needs. Where we're different though Unlike many other brokers, from
1: start to finish, we won't charge you a penny. Contact us via Facebook to find out more. So thanks as always to East Fife Community Football Club and May's Mortgages for their continued support of the podcast, of East Fife. They support us. Go and support them in return. And I think this is going to be a a very upbeat show because I, I think, Lee, for you, this was probably your dream weekend. You got to a game, but East Five scored four goals, yep. got three points, you yep. got to see a new ground, yep. and Ryan Wallace got sent off. I mean I does mean, it Mac- get any better? And Greg McDonald's
2: um obviously absolute legend led us to, to more glory, but the, don't get me wrong, the the resounding win over the monroe loving fucking hammer throwers um Bonnie Rigg was great, but Ryan Wallace getting a, a straight red that did make me
0: erect, to be honest. I think also he was described as a fat, useless turd by his own yeah. fans on Pine Bottle, so that was nice.
1: Yep. Um. I mean, we, we said when he moved on, I think it was a pretty even consensus. We were, for the talent that he's had and everything that he's done, we were glad to see him go. And I think you're seeing why. Because his best days are behind him, as I think we saw last season. Yeah,
2: um, definitely not. You know, sad news that he's away, and, and I'm I'm actually surprised how quick it's um, how sorry how long it's taken for the Dumbarton fans to turn on him.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're you're always worried when a, someone moves on and you let them go, like Kevin Smith. The way that Kevin Smith started the season for Bonnie Reg, it's like oh. Was that the right decision? Is that going to come bite back and bite us in the ass? But no, <laughs> we sang. <laughs> we sang a
2: good few songs for, for our kev yesterday,
1: though. I saw he was on the bench. So, I mean, who knows? Those rumours still swirling. He could be back in in some capacity. But we're not here to talk about former players and other teams. We're here to talk uh, about East Fife. And I'm I'm going to start this off with a. Kind of based on a comment that Liam said in his post-game chat with Greg McDonald, or should I say Liam? It's a goal! Anderson, as I, I think we'll call him now, he's got he's got his new nickname. He said he felt that that was the, the best 90 minutes of football East Fife have put in this season. I don't know that I would agree with best 90 minutes. I feel that second half was the best second half of football. As an entire game, would you say it was the best game? Or definitely the best half?
2: I've done every game um and I would probably agree with that to be honest I think they the, they had a couple of chances so the highlights will make it look like they were potentially the better team but we were like they are terrible they're absolutely and I I must have said that even when we were 1-0 down yesterday I didn't think we were going to lose um they, they were awful an awful awful football inside um And like I've said already Hammer throwers I think it took us Probably 45 minutes To adjust the incline On our boots To just get um, Into the game I mean I'm sure we'll talk about The pitch at some point But That definitely didn't help Matters Um, But In terms of 90 minutes Of football The only game Would come close Would be Elgin um, you know, Elgin away was, was probably one of our better performances but I would probably say that, that the style of football in that second half was the best I've seen at Bayview and probably since early Darren Young years.
1: Well, you went at Bayview, just to, I, I know you'd had a few drinks but easy to get carried away. I could have been anywhere to <laughs> honest. <laughs> I mean, do you guys agree War was that the best 90 minutes of this season?
4: Yeah, certainly, certainly in terms of what I've seen, I mean, I think if you're being hypercritical, I think the first 10 minutes, we were maybe a wee bit up against it, but that's going to come on the back of losing a goal within sort of 90 seconds, two minutes. The minute you do that, you're playing a game plan. I don't mean it's out the window, but it's changed very, very mm. quickly. Um, the goal itself, in my opinion, it's, it's well, it's pretty plain for anybody who's there and who's seen it on the highlights. It's, it's schoolboy defending, we, um, harshly or factually. <laughs> as it, as it <laughs> I'd were. say
1: factually, yeah.
4: Yeah. Um, and I think from that, that's obviously going to knock you a bit but I think from sort 10-15 of minutes on, I think in all honesty I think we controlled the game um, more so we stepped up in the second half I think that was partly to do with the conditions um, given that we were on the side of the Alps and we had the wind more in the second half um, but I think in terms of the shape that we played with the way that we set up primarily to go and try and win the game as opposed to not having the attitude of first and foremost, let's not lose the game. Um, and I just felt the huge thing for me, as I said to the guys before the game, was how the turn thing for me would be, what's the difference based on the first time we played Bonnie right at where, Bayview, where we got we got out-muscled, out-fought, bullied, pulled all over the pitch by, as Lee quite rightly says, hammer throwers. Um, and I think from sort of 10, 15 minutes on, we didn't let their style be imposed on us. I think we imposed our style on them. And I think if I'm Greg McDonald or an Northern 5 fan, to see effectively a seven-goal swing over the two games and, and the difference in approach, the difference in the way that we played the game and absolutely controlled it from ten minutes, ten fifteen minutes on, inwards, what I think it was, it was excellent. So yes, that's what I would say. <laughs> in short,
1: yeah. I mean, Gordon, it like just from watching the highlights, you three were obviously at the game, but. It kind of reminded me a little bit of the Aloha game last year where you lose that early goal like a minute, two minutes in and then you just, you're just you under the cosh very slightly but then you regroup and you just control the game after that.
0: Yeah, there was a bit of that. And I think uh, I noticed Greg MacDonald said as well that if you're going to lose a goal, lose it in the first minute. Yeah. Best time. Um, and I think once we did, once we kind of stabilised a wee bit, I mean, they, they could have gone two up. Uh, within about five minutes. Yeah, and that Fleming came up have. with
1: a massive save. I mean, that's, that could be crucial, really, because if when you're two down you're chasing that, it's a whole different thing.
0: Yeah, that changes the game. But I think once we'd kind of stood up to that and gotten over that first little kind of bit of pressure for them, I think, yeah, the rest of the half, you were just looking at it going, we're much better than they are. Uh, they, they're not a good footballing team. They're not... I think the first game, a lot of that was that, you know, they got a got a good goal at a good time. Um, and the, the sort of situation of the game helped them a lot. Whereas I think it's different this time, although they took the lead, you're looking at you still got 89 minutes to play. And I think we allowed ourselves to come back in. We didn't let the heads drop and just sort of gradually, I think, got on top of them. And I think when you look at that second half, we just absolutely bossed them. Um, You know, in the same way that, you know, they kind of like bullied us a bit, I think with physicality and a bit of kind of street wiseness, I think we just bullied them off the park in terms of just being technically better than they are. Uh, And it was really,
1: really good to see. I I think from what I I saw, and you you guys can correct me if if the rest of the game that didn't really show went the same way, but that 10 minute spell between the 60th and the 70th minute where we got the three goals... There was the other chances as well. We could add five or six, and it's like that little ten-minute spell felt to me like the best I've seen these five play in a long, long time. Just it was the movement sexy and the soccer. Soccer. yeah, just, yeah. You,
4: you just to see the confidence going through the guys. Yeah. Really? yeah, which is obviously a kick on from the fourth for game, but I think that's it's really encouraging to see because they have clearly got that confidence and belief in their own ability and a few goals like that but I mean the momentum you get was sort of three goals in five minutes and the crowd were obviously up for it and it was just it was great to watch and, and, I, and it really did rattle Bonnie rig as well I mean they just they just didn't know how to handle us at all we were running all over the top of them um, and it could have and arguably we should have been six or seven in the end mm-hmm. but um, we'll not complain at how it went.
1: <laughs> now I we touched on the slope and the pitch and everything like that and we had a little bit of a chat before we started recording this. I just wanted to get it out there. I'm jealous as fuck that the three of you got to go to that ground because I love seeing new grounds. You guys talked about it last week. You were excited for going through, but it just felt like a proper football ground. The slope kind of adds to that, but it's just no soulless stands around the pitch and you're you've got houses around it and god knows how many balls they lose that go into the neighbor's gardens and stuff especially with some of their shooting from yesterday but it just felt a great little football ground. what was it like to actually be at, at the, the stadium
2: see a lot of fans were saying it was a shithole right but i, didn't I love that i love was, a shithole I, I wouldn't say it was a shithole like i actually liked the ground it was just not the park um, you know It was old school um, and, and fair play To like Because I reckon They must have had A thousand fans there.
1: It looked I'm trying to see If nine, I can nine, See three. what the actual Attendance was yeah. 933 933
2: three. Oh. Yeah So I mean that, that must have been Easily 850 them um, Easily 850 them So fair play To them for that I love the social club At the, the ground as well Which is great um, Cheap pint as well And um, and yeah, they had a burger van though, which upset me, not a pie stall. No pies at all.
0: There was pies, but they ran oh. out really quickly. Ah, don't say good it. Burger, <laughs> I,
2: I, yeah, what I time did burger, Lee get in?
0: <laughs> I had the burger,
2: burger was good, it was definitely good. Um, yes, um, I, I liked it. One of the better grounds in the league, it's much better than Bayview or Dumbarton or. Any of those shitholes, um. But my favourite ground next week, way to 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 Stenny, so, um. Doesn't doesn't quite equate to local view levels for me.
0: I I thought it was a it was a brilliant day. Like you know we had a couple of pints in Edinburgh, pretty easy to get to Bonnie Reg. Pint at the Social Club, proper old fashioned ground, thousand people in there, and you know it's a bit of I think for us it was like we wanted a bit of revenge on Bonnie Reg. Like they'd done us in and. You know, didn't you know, hammer throws and all the rest. I wanted to beat them really badly, and then just you know to win four one. Just that was one of the best, most enjoyable days out have the football in a long time. Yeah, it
4: My was it was old school, and I think I think the fact because it's not a massive stadium as well. I mean, sometimes you go to like Station Park, and if there's five hundred people in there, it's a, a brilliant stadium and we all love it. But it feels empty. Whereas yesterday, I mean, I know it's a thousand, which is. I would imagine the biggest crowd in the division from yesterday um, but it felt quite busy and that obviously creates an atmosphere so it was great.
1: I just liked the proximity that the fans are to the pitch which can obviously go good or bad depending on how your team's doing and of course you had a chance to abuse the, the Tory leader as well and hopefully you took full advantage of that. Yep. Uh, I
2: never have to never say that.
1: Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I would have probably got kicked out, I think, if I'd been there. I couldn't have helped myself, but I I, I did see yeah. one person say he took it well, he just didn't he's probably heard everything oh, before that he could have heard.
0: Oh you'll have titanium skin for that kind of stuff. There's no way you can yeah. fair play to him. Do you remember the, <clears throat> the do you remember the video
2: when it was it was coming up to the um Scottish elections and he went on and they started singing Home Again by Atomic Can. Oh, no, have you not seen that? No, I've I got was, to find that. That's why I started singing it to him yesterday. He was pushing himself because he was like, basically, like oh, so what's your karaoke song, Douglas?" And he was like, "You know, I've, I made it very clear that you know I'm a big fan of um, Atomic Kitten um, and Hole Again, and you know I, I don't even need do the words on the computer screen or anything like that. You know, and I've even put my own dance moves to it, right? And he, and he literally like sort of half sang it, but with, with the, you know, you still make me cry. That like it was it was the cringiest thing ever. So when he ran that line yesterday, I was like, God, Douglas, give us a song. And then I started singing Hole again to him. And a few of the other boys um, started singing it as well. And you just see them pissing his silly. So it was fair play. He did, he did take it well, but fuck him.
1: I, I might actually dig that out and play and then say to Caitlin, so when am I going to get my hole again? <laughs> see what she says to that. I mean, I, I, I don't like liking a Tory. But when Douglas Ross was on Off The Ball, he actually came across as quite an, an affable person. And it's like, ah, oh, I, I want you to be an absolute bastard. I want to hate you. But yeah, you came across kind of nice, even though your policies and beliefs are vile. Yeah, nah,
2: fuck
1: him. Okay. So <laughs> before we move on then, what what's everyone's go-to karaoke song?
2: Well, I've got a few, like. And... I, won't, I won't make
1: you sing them, but... No, Next no. time I'm over, let's let's get to karaoke. I've yeah. not done karaoke for a few years now.
2: Definitely up for that after a few beers. Um, Use somebody by Kings Leon was used to be my favourite one, or Jenny, don't be hasty by Pillar One of those two, maybe.
0: Well, since I've got no singing ability, uh, a good one for me is Five Hundred Miles by The Proclaimers, because all you need to do is have a Scottish accent and shout. <laughs>
1: That, that, uh, to be fair, that's pretty much every song I do. War, you a karaoke guy? Uh,
4: no, definitely not. I cannot sing at all, so no. Oh, I mean,
1: I it doesn't, you know, I was, doesn't have to stop you.
4: No, I know. I mean, I once tried with my good friend Douglas, who likes whole Again by Atomic Kitten. <laughs> <laughs> it did not go down well, so no. <laughs> no, I don't do karaoke, I'm
1: afraid. Uh, I, my, I've only got to do this once, but if it because you don't see this on the karaoke very often, but Babushka by Kate Bush. Because I saw a guy do it once, and I thought, oh, I like that. A guy's done that. So then I did it at an East Fife supporters club, Christmas do that we had, and I won second prize in the the competition for it. So I I just like that, because you can do that in a really broad Scottish accent as well.
3: Babushka!
1: And it's... Just just before we do go on though,
2: I was getting some stick for my singing on the podcast, um, so I need to dedicate the new Scott Shepherd song to to Andrew Doig this week. Um, oh, there's a
1: new Scott Shepherd song. Yeah. I Let's need hear
2: to it. need to refine it, but it's um, oh baby, do you know what it's worth? Scott Shepherd is the best on earth, and then we just need, um, you know, is what I've got so far is. He's got ginger here who gives a fuck. He's going to win us the Scottish Cup. But after we get pumped out by Stanley <laughs> next week... That uh, might be a
1: short-lived song.
2: It might be a short-lived song. So we need to have something that's... Uh,
1: that is ginger here and full of speed. He's going to take us up the league. Yeah, that works. I, I My mind started moving to ginger pubes and trying to get a line with pubes. But <laughs> no. I guess We're you want to kind of keep it keep it nice for yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, well let's talk talking about players that we have songs for the goals yesterday two by ran did that just, get an airing surely did you have time yeah. to give it an airing because the goals were coming so fast oh
2: mate yeah and, and it, it's getting more people singing along with me rather than it just being me on one of the week so it's, it's catching it's
1: but catching let, let's talk about ryan because yeah. when he's been in the team the team's winning He's got yep. five goals and three games, I think it is now. Yeah. And when he's not been in the team, or if he's come on as a sub, they've not got wins.
2: Yeah.
1: Is he a guy now that has to be a regular starter for this team?
2: I, th- yep. I think that is, and I'm not trying to take anything away from Chiboni because he's been incredible the last couple of weeks. But I actually think it's the system that suits him. Mm. Um, but playing playing the two up front is massive, and 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 sh- and he's brought in the goals, but. Shepard's work rate is is unbelievable. He just never stops, and and although I think he only got maybe one assist yesterday or two, I can't even remember now. Um, he's not getting maybe the goals that he would like to score, but he's doing so much for the team that I, I think that they two are the first two names in the team sheet, um, pretty much every week along with probably be Alex now. Um, but yeah, I mean Shivoni. And it was different type of goals as well. You know, his his header for the first one, he has to adjust his body, mm. um, and he's he's sort of going back the way as well to head it down. You know, that just shows great awareness. And you know, Crawford did say that he felt like he could give me a nine, mm. and I, I sort of was like, mm, no, I'm not sure, but might have to to eat my eat my words on that one. Are,
1: are you guys confident that we've got the firepower now then, or it's it's tough at the moment because every team's beating every other team. And it doesn't, it feels like a pretty, uh, you could say it's a pretty even league or you could say it's a pretty crappy league that there's no actual standout teams because now Dumbarton's getting dragged down to it. But we've always thought, oh, we don't have the scorer. We, maybe Trouton could do it. Maybe Shepard could do it. But we're getting goals now from Schiavone. Two yesterday from Sir Alex as well. Do you do you feel comfortable? with what we've got in the attack now?
4: Yeah, I I agree with what Lee's saying about about the shape and the formation. I think two up front makes a big big difference. Um, If you look at it as a 3-5-2 or a 5-3-2, I think the midfield, as a result of that, are are getting more bodies forward. And I think we're just looking more, as I kind of said at the start, I think we're now looking more to try and win the games that we're playing rather than trying not to lose them, first and foremost. And I think... um, that that's the way we should be approaching every team in this league. I don't think there's anybody we should be going to and saying we need to adjust our formation to combat them. I think my own opinion is obviously going on current form over the last sort of five six weeks. Still, an Albion look like they're going to be the team to beat because mm. they seem like they've really upped the game. Um, but even at that, I don't think that there's you know as I say anybody we should we should be changing things to to sort of negate their threats I think we should be worrying about ourselves setting ourselves up positively and going to try and win games and I think we've got enough as shown yesterday when the confidence is going and the, the guys start playing up, with nobody to fear in this league at all and hopefully now that we've played the first uh, full round of fixtures into the second round that we know what we're up against now and hopefully we can kick on and, and I as Lee says I think the formation is a big thing and I think two up tops the way we've been playing is the way to do it clearly
1: so I mean, has that just been where it is Gordon? The the system now uh, under Greg, and the, we'll talk about the manager situation again soon. But is it just that this has kind of unlocked the talent that we've got, and it's gotten got them playing to the best of their ability? I think it's a
0: big part of it. I mean, the last two games we have we played two up front. If, I think if you go back to the Stirling game, a lot of the comments were like, you know, Shepherd was just isolated. I felt like he was just, you know, trying to feed on scraps.
1: We like had such a big him. gap between him and the midfield.
0: Yeah. That was the problem. And if you watch yesterday, like some of the some of the movement and the kind of interplay between the forward players was excellent because we were getting bodies forward. So you've got Shepard and Schiavone, who I, I think they're really good players at this level. I mean, um, Shone is obviously the one getting the goals right now. He's on a hot streak. You're you're not taking him out of the team right now.
1: Oh yeah, but you're Shepard right. Just... You're right, him like a donkey.
0: Oh yeah. Get all the goals you can out of him. And uh but I think Shepard's played really well. And even even if he's not scoring as many goals, he's been playing very well. Ferguson's really come onto a game. I mean, not just the goals, but we've all been saying, you know, in the past two or three games, he's probably been our best player. He's he was scoring I think I uh, he scored. He scored to set one up yesterday. Uh, does he even set two up? I don't
3: know. Set two uh, up. Uh,
0: yeah, I scored two set two up. That's phenomenal. Um, you know, Baldy. We know he's a good player. Um, and you look at us over the past two games, and you just think, yeah, you know. And I'll, I'm sure a lot of it is, you know, maybe a bit of it is down to the mentality. But I think after the last two games. You say, yeah, two up front, whether it's four four two or three five two 5 2 or whatever you want to do, but we have to go with
1: that. It's been hard for me to tell from the highlights, but where's Baldy playing just now in this system?
2: It's at the centre of the park almost. Mm. Yeah.
1: yeah. And is he is he doing okay there? Because obviously at the start of the season when he was out wide was where he was having a lot of success, but he seemed involved in the second half yesterday from what they showed.
2: Well, we played them in the centre of the park under Crawford. And I thought he was woeful, but equally the football we were played Crawford was mm. woeful. So the game was maybe just passing him by a bit. Whereas the style of football we're playing now is, there's, you know, that, there wasn't many long kicks up the park yesterday that I could think of. A lot of this stuff was played to feet, and you get. And I said that I think last week or maybe the week before, but you get the ball to your ball players, and they'll they'll find pockets, they'll make space, and and he did that a few times yesterday. Um, him and Ferguson are starting to build up an understanding miller sitting just obviously behind them i'm loving watching us play football just now honestly it's, it, it's actually it's entertainment it's not you're not just going out of blind loyalty the last two weeks certainly have been entertainment
1: i, I know highlights can just make you can make them see really what you want in the way that you edit stuff down but from watching those last two games it is free flowing football the the speed and the transition play seems good and What I find weird about this is we're playing an attacking brand of football with a defender as the manager, whereas we had a striker as our manager and we were playing a defensive game and the attack wasn't there. I just, I struggle to get my head around that. Yeah.
3: Um,
2: Not even that as well, but I I was thinking there, you know, Jack Healy must feel really aggrieved Um, just now because he's been playing so well and that's the last two weeks he's not started the game Mm. Um, but I think he played Liam Newton in that sort of left wing back position yesterday Um, still not convinced that's the answer I think that if we're going to if that's how we're going to play I would like us to strengthen in in the left back position because neither Greg or see the, the fancy Williamson so maybe bring in left-back or a left-wing-back and we could get Newton in the middle of the park. But again, now like, the thing we spoke about was like competition over places and firepower and you just look at what a quick change of system can do because we're, we're scoring, we're playing well, be we boys on the bench that are, you know, tr- Trout didn't, didn't make the bench yesterday, but,
1: you know... Yeah, I was, was going to ask, was there anything up with that or...? No idea. He was at the game...
0: Mm. Um, but he wasn't on the on the he'd, team sheet. You'd assume it'd be a knock. You'd assume yeah. that he'd he'd be on the bench. Yeah, and be
1: yeah if knock. he was fit, you'd yeah. think so.
0: But yeah, I mean, there there is a bit of competition for places. You know, you could bring Jack Healy
2: on. You could bring Trout on if he's fit. Um, you know, there's there's definitely a bit a bit more to us now than we were potentially worried about earlier on in the season, but yeah. it's also equally very easy to get carried away after two bad Yeah,
1: I was going to come to that, but I mean, Gordon, I think that is a key thing. You've got that competition for places, and that's what you need in a team. And if you've got someone like Jack Healy feeling a bit aggrieved, that's good, because hopefully that lights a fire under him, and it, he, then when he does come on, he wants to show, look what I can do here.
0: Yeah, when you, when you're winning, and you've got a a system and you've got a, a team that's largely not changing because everyone's playing well a side effect to that is if, if you just happen to find yourself out of that you're going to be annoyed and you're going to be wanting to play but you know, Jack Keely came on yesterday and I thought he did really well, There was just a, you know, yeah. a beautiful uh, little run he had where he basically sort of took three Bonnie rig players out of the game and just slipped is it Balde through? things like that. I mean that was fantastic and you know, I think next week, the coming games, I think it will be, I mean, assuming assuming it's Greg McDonald taking it, he will have a headache because I think you'll think, yeah, I could play Healy. I could, I could put him on somewhere and I'm confident he'll do well. But at the moment, who do you drop? It's, it's a, mm. a nice problem.
1: It's a very nice problem to have war, isn't it? And it's probably not something that we've really had the last couple of seasons where the depth just hasn't felt like it's there. So if things aren't going right and you look, oh, who are you going to bring on to make the difference or who are you going to start? It hasn't really been there, but this this season, and I know this goes against what we were maybe saying just four or five weeks ago, so maybe I have to temper this a little bit, but it does feel that we've got that depth there right now. And a lot of it goes down to confidence probably as well, because the team's flying.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, if everybody wants to play in a winning team, so much easier to play when a team's winning um, than if you're struggling, you're down the wrong end of the table, there's pressure on you. Some players can go a, a wee bit of their shell, maybe hide a bit. But a um, couple of results like we've had, confidence going through the team, then absolutely everybody wants to be part of that. Brings Ideally brings the best out in everybody's game and that's only good for the, the bigger picture, definitely.
1: <coughs> Last thing I just want to talk about on the game before we get to the 3 2 ones, is just something that... Greg said in his post-game chat. Which, thinking about it, I was like, "That's ah, a it's a very good point." Is that they feel the team's maturing, and that the young guys are, are learning how to do the down and dirty stuff from some of the older guys. And uh, Liam highlighted the fact that they're making the the tackles and giving fouls away, kind of at the halfway line or further away from goal, and not letting the players run through and doing it outside the box, which then puts them into danger from free kicks. And I, I think, like, we, we know it's a young team, and we've talking, talked about that, and we're, we've not forgotten about that, but that is how you get out of this league. You've got to do the dirty stuff. You've got to be like what Bonnie Rigg did to us in that first game at Bayview and be a bit of a bully and learn how to do that stuff. And it does seem like the team is maturing very quickly in that regard.
4: Yeah, it's just about being streetwise, isn't it? Um, I That's a like great if way of wording it. Young and experienced guys, and you know, I, I've said it in the past, I know you guys have covered it off as well, that um, the Bonnywood game was the classic case in point, whereby it was guys who've been through the Lowland League. They've built their way up through that, and get, and if you don't get out of that league unless you're incredibly, incredibly streetwise. And we've got young guys who, man for man at that stage, undoubtedly more talented footballers, but if you don't have that awareness on the, the not-so-nice parts of the game, then you'll, you'll never achieve anything. And I think in terms of one round of fixtures, the difference in the team has been huge around uh, about that. And I think that's a great point to raise because that is undoubtedly in League 2 more than, more than any other professional league so that, that's needed um, to have that awareness. on and, and I think it's so a great point. I think and that that was one of the biggest and most pleasing things for me yesterday was to take yesterday's game against the game in August against like Rick. Um, and we're away from home doing that. I think that's huge and should not be underestimated at all.
0: I think I, even against Sterling a couple of weeks ago, Aye, we did one of these fouls on the halfway line. I think somebody somewhere was sure. Why are you giving a? Why are you giving away a foul there? And I was like, but, that's brilliant! I that's the ideal place to do it." Would you rather defend a, a free kick that they're taking from the centre circle or defend a break like that? No contest.
1: That's kind of the fouls that usually it's an old grizzled veteran that that does it. Partly because he maybe doesn't have to pace to kind of chase the guy down yeah. that's trying to get past him, but. So let's get to your 3 two ones. I'm pretty sure it's going to be, I would think at least the top two is probably going to be pretty much consensus, but there's probably a lot to pick from as well. Who wants to go first? Let's start with Ward this time. We'll do um, War, Gordon the... and Lee. Okay,
4: okay. Um, for me, it was very difficult, but obviously in, <coughs> in the best possible way, very difficult. Um, I feel quite... Bad to some respects, given my, my one point, my one point player. But because uh, I could have been anybody really. Um, but in, in terms of starting for three points, it has to be Ferguson. Um, two goals. I thought he was absolutely brilliant throughout the whole game. Um, his goals were excellent. Right foot, left foot, both very composed. Great finishes. Uh, Chavoni's obviously got to get two. You can't play in a game and score two goals and not get any sort of recognition for that. But I feel really bad only giving Scott Shepherd one point because I thought he was absolutely tremendous. I think he does so much work for the team on and off the ball. And I think sometimes it might go a wee bit unrecognised. It feels a wee bit harsh just to give him one point. Um, if I could, I'd give one point a lot more than that. I think McDonough, uh, sorry, Fleming um, and Goals made some huge saves at important times. Um, and I thought Baldi was excellent and they were all great. But my three would be Ferguson,
0: two Shevone and one Sheppard. Yeah, I feel the same. It's just like, no matter what three two one 2 one you have, just like, it feels harsh because you can only give out six points. Mm. Like that, that's it. But I went for exactly the same three for Ferguson. I just, no matter how well anyone else played, you scored two, you set up two, you play well. You, you, that's it. You're man of the match. Uh, Schiavone, yeah, two goals. Generally played excellently, only getting two points. And yeah, it, difficult. I mean, I think those two were definitely three and two, a bit more difficult for the one, but yep, got shot. Scott Shepherd was really good. Uh, good movement, great work rate, set up
1: the last goal, deserves a point. you going to copy Gordon's homework, Lee? Yes, is the answer. <laughs> I see he holds it up yeah. to the screen.
2: They <laughs> yeah. um, could not give Alex Ferguson three points yesterday. What a player. And I, I think it's taken time for that to, to come in because I think I said it last week, but when he for his first couple of games, I was like, I don't really know what he brings, but again, the last two weeks we've put the ball on his feet and and that's it. You know, that the game's not passing him by. You know, and I, I actually think the last two weeks I've shown is just how actually poor we were under Crawford. Um it's taken I was thinking some in the same. Yeah, and um, take somebody else to come in. Where you know, Greg's been. He was a youth coach at Partick Thistle, so you know, he'll he'll know how these guys want to play. And you know, he he was unbelievable yesterday. And my pitch mind I actually thought Jack Healy scored the fourth, fourth goal. It wasn't until I watched it back this morning that I realised it was Salah. So, um, but yeah, he was he was incredible. Two points got to be uh, Ryan Chaboni. Um again, two very good goals, makes the space for them really well. And it, it just, it's just, he's a nuisance. You know what I mean? Because him, him and Shepherd as well, they they, they press the, the defenders into making mistakes. You know, and, and when you've got your your strikers that are prepared to put that level of work rate in, it makes your defend, defender's jobs a little easier because then they're having to resort to putting the ball long and then we just come straight back into possession. So it's, it's definitely definitely deserves two points for him and again you know each one of these players should get three points mm. but unfortunately it is one and in, in scotty shepherd I, I think he's for me probably been our player of the season um most or most or maybe our most consistent of the season um and he had a thankless job when he was playing up front on his own but he's just flourishing in, in, in this system and, and getting the chance to and play up top with someone. So, to be honest, I mean, even if if we had Alan Trout in um, playing with two up front, I feel like
1: he would start banging
2: in goals as well. So,
1: yeah, long may it continue, Monday 5. Just going back to what you were saying about Ferguson there and what we were saying before about this league, this is a tough league for a young guy to get thrown into yeah. because it's a kind of sink or swim scenario for them and some guys that they'll take a while to adjust it some may never adjust and if you've got a guy that's got the talent and you can tweak the system and it suits him you're going to see them flourish but i think a lot of folk they think oh it's the bottom tier it's going to be a scoosh. same with the lowland league with these cult teams that's going in it's not an easy ride for these young guys and that's it's going to be the cream of the crop that rise and maybe Ferguson is going to be a guy that now they're going to look at him and go, oh, maybe we want to bring him back. Hopefully not.
2: Well, it's not That's right, always the danger. We're, we're basically St. Johnston Colts anyway. So, yeah. yeah they'll, they'll maybe not want to recall him. But I, I actually think that Ferguson is a very good player. And it crossed my mind, a la Jack Healy would, would recall him. But I think that he needs he, he needs a season. He needs a full season. I, yeah, I agree, really I needs think folks sometimes pull the trigger
1: too much on them and, and yeah. bring them back
2: Yeah, because he would only go back and play, you know, bit part He's not going to go straight into a Premier League team You know, no. let, him, let him cut his teeth at this level for for the year for sure
1: The other now, guy I like from St Johnson was the, I can't mind his name But it was the Ukrainian guy that they had in that B team that they had yeah. in the Cup And now he's broken into the first team which has, oh, been has fantastic. It? Yeah
2: he was at Kelty last year, match Cusherecki or something Accent. like that. That's it, right? because he
1: was at Brecon before and he did really well at Brecon, but then he struggled with Kelty, but then he's beat, he was given his, his chance to break into the first team.
3: Good. I'd, yeah. I'd have, like,
1: I, He would have been the guy I would have brought here if we could have, but obviously they've had higher higher hopes for him. But you never know, come the January window, he could fall back out of favour again. I'd snap him up. Yeah, for sure. But th- th- this is what we've needed to do. Like You kind of joked there about we're like Johnson Colts. We've needed this kind of relationship with a club to get a good conveyor belt, a young talent coming through, mm. along with our own young talent. So maybe that's Absolutely. the way to do it. Let's have a, a quick look around the rest of the division, then we'll get into chatting about the managerial situation. But the results yesterday, and it's it's more kind of really, really <coughs> results here, Oh. Elgin burst my out me yesterday. Bastard. Ah. Okay, so Sterling continued their fine form with a 3-1 well win at Steny. Dumbarton, 1-0 draw with Albion Rovers. Their slide is continuing. Forfer, that 1-0 win over Elgin that bust Lee's couping. And Stranraer won and an athletic one. So, I mean, the more draws in this league, the better it, it is obviously for us. But you look at the league table and that win yesterday it's moved us back up to third. And we're in plus goal difference as well, of of plus three. But you're looking at it, and there's definitely a little bit of a a gulf happening now between the top five and the bottom five, although Bonnie, Riggins, and could get themselves back in it. But Sterling now, top of the table, 23 points. Dumbarton, stuck on 23 points, just one win in their last five matches. And then we're third on 17, tied with Steny. I mean it's all to play for right now. I I touched on it earlier, but this isn't a great league. There's no real standout teams. We thought it was going to be Dumbarton, but their bubble burst very, very quickly.
0: Yeah, I mean Yes, it could be Sterling. I mean, maybe a bit of a mediocre start, but some form there on, I suppose wait and see whether they'll keep that going. But
1: Well, five wins out of five yeah. in the in the last few games that they've had. You just need that momentum and you're gonna just climb up the, this league very quickly. Oh
4: yeah. I think I think it's not just the fact that won Mike, I think it's been very comprehensive their wins, other than, dare I say, it, against us, certainly in terms of scorelines. Mm-hmm. I do we look at it earlier, just to try and get a bit of context around about obviously it was Greg McDonald's first game and if you look at Sterling's last five games, they beat Stranraer four one at home, they won four one away at Forfa, they beat us two one at Bayview. The battered Dumbarton six nil at home and then they've won three one away, a pretty decent standing team. So that's not scraping narrow wins. That's pretty solid. Um and I suppose that boosts a bit of context around about I mean, I know you we were terrible against Stirling and Albion, but that's maybe as a result of how good they were. But other than I mean, the game against us was the was the tightest in terms of scoreline anyway, but I mean that's pretty comprehensive and I think they're looking quite strong. Um I wonder who their manager
1: is. Mm.
3: Sure.
1: I mean that that game that we had against them as well. They missed a slew of chances that they could have uh, put more goals up as well than the, the two that they got. But it's it's been interesting to see their rise, and I do think that any team that strings a few results together will climb. And if you're if you go on a bad run, it's so easy to drop down into the danger zone. And if you look at the bottom right now as well, Albion Rovers on nine, Annan on ten, Forfar on eleven. I mean, that's going to be a dogfight. The last couple of seasons, there's been a team that's kind of got cut adrift. I don't know that we're going to see that this year. I think this could go really down to the wire and there's going to be a lot of teams looking over their shoulders and if they get hit by injuries or they just get into a spell where they're not winning games, it could be squeaky bum time for a few of these. Yeah,
4: I I kind of subscribe to Doug's theory a wee bit on that. I think Bonnie might find themselves struggling. I think if we get to the turn of the year And they've not picked up a few wins I mean they've, they've had four wins all season And that was their first two games they won mm. um, And their form since then has been poor um, Looking at yesterday I'd love to say we were absolutely superb And there's an element of that But I think they're they pretty bad If I'm honest with you
2: Any team that looks hope... the rosé posé Cannot be taken, taken seriously So um, Absolutely get it up I'm to be honest
1: Well talking of the the last two games two victories but i'm I'm gonna look at this both glass half field glass half empty approach they've not been against great teams so it's hard to possibly judge just how good this team is just now how good greg mcdonald has got this team playing i don't think you can really judge him on that still an albion game i know he was involved with crawford but it was his first game in charge and you were against a good team So if we're discounting that, we've got a small sample size for Greg so far. And I know, Lee, you've been pushing for Greg to get this. And I've been, because I've not been on the show, I've been thinking about this as well. And I'd said I wanted a coach that was good with working with younger players. And I... I was thinking of a guy that had been a youth coach, maybe currently a youth coach at one of the premier teams or first division or something that wants to cut his teeth. And then I'd remembered this week, what you just mentioned in the show tonight, that of course, Greg's been involved with Partick Thistle. So he is used to working with these young guys and getting the best out of him. And I don't want this to be like a heart over the the head thing. I'd give him the job to the end of the season. Agreed. And then take it from there. And if you need to advertise after that, you advertise after that. I, I'm not wanting to give it to him just based on these two results, but I do feel he's done. He's shown that he's he's worth a, a further look.
2: I think for me, right, and look, I'm I'm not sitting here as Greg's champion, right? I I, I championed them massively before we gave it to Crawford. Um, you know I, the other names that are being bandied about. Um, I don't, apart from one of them, I don't think that I would really be upset if any of them got it. Um, the reason why for Greg and you'll have seen that I had a few back and forth on social media and stuff today. Yeah, and I've also had it on, um, at, you know, at Bayview and stuff. But my thoughts are: is Greg loves the club, right? Number one. Number two is he's got experience, and people people forget that. And I and I keep saying it like put some respect on his name. He, he knows what it takes
1: to win yeah, this league. Yeah, but that was back in twenty fourteen. Who cares? That's a, but you you can you can flip that and say what's he done since? Went into youth coaching. Yeah, but it's he's not it's... then got the success. So you can't just hang everything on he's done it once, which was way back in twenty fourteen. Crawford did it.
0: I think you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily say look, if you put all the candidates and then you put their strengths and weaknesses. McDonald's strength is not going to be that track record of success, but it's also not a big weakness, I think. It's probably fair. Like if, it's, if it's, it's, it's the
2: same people that are saying, I don't want to give it to Greg because he's inexperienced, that I've seen advocating for Kevin Smith the last time around. So you, you, you can't have that, oh, it's okay for for it to be Kev, but not for it to be Greg. Now, oh no, I agree with that. It's the, my, my thoughts on... Greg is he's like I say he's got coaching experience whether it was in 2014 or not he knows what it takes to get out of this league he's won it as a player as well Um, you know and the the biggest part of it all is anybody that's been the last two games the players are playing for him Mm. right and you can you could bring in somebody else that could come in and jeopardize that status quo. You know, they could come in and <coughs> be like, Oh, we didn't I like you. We wanted Greg. You've got to worry about that swing as well. Um I I don't think it matters. I think that honestly, if it's not Gary Naismith, I'll be astounded. Really? That's what Yeah. If it's, if Gary Naismith doesn't get a job, I'll be astounded.
1: Now that's interesting because Something else that I thought was interesting—I don't know if you guys picked up on this—when I was watching Greg's post-game interview, and I wrote this down because he said, "If the boys can do that, hopefully they can go on and have a good season." But it, Not I think we can go on.
0: But he—I think he did qualify that a bit by saying something like, "On like no matter what happens." Yeah.
1: Oh, I missed that bit then. Yeah. <laughs> I maybe just read too much into the think
0: because I, I picked up on that as well, but I did notice that no matter what happens, and I assume he meant about the
1: manager's job. Ah, right. Um,
0: but I mean, I think that, I think I 100% agree with Lee there. The big thing, you know, sometimes a caretaker takes two, three, four games, and there's a tendency to say, if it's good results, get him in. If there's bad results, he ruled himself out. I don't always agree with that, but I think the big things are, clearly the players are responding to him, uh, and I think that's a massive thing. And it might only be, know and a Bonnie team that aren't playing that well. But really I think this season we've only won three games comprehensively. There's only three games where like I we we absolutely bossed that. That's Elgin, Forfar and Bonnierig. So out of those three games, two of them are the last two. And yeah, the other one was against Sterling who are flying and we did better against them than most other teams are doing right now. So I think the three games Greg has had, it, it might it not it's not necessarily going to seal the deal but I think it adds a lot to the argument on, on his side I think
1: I mean War I know we've discussed this a lot the last couple of weeks but I mean it is Greg in pole position? Do they? Do you think they go with the experienced choice of Naismith? Could they strike a deal where Naismith comes in but they say we want Greg to be the assistant?
4: Yeah I mean for, for me I'm, I'm kind of torn between the two and um, I think all the positives that we and Gordon have, have kind of stated there are pretty obvious. The way the team are playing is huge. I think they're playing for him. I think his style's great. He's understood the formation. He's getting the best out of the players. You can only beat what's in front of you. As I said, said earlier, got yeah, beat by Stirling Albion. But as you said, Mike, it was his first game. But as I was kind of wheeling off the results there, we, in terms of scoreline, got closest to them. Mm-hmm. Um, what I don't agree with is I certainly wouldn't say you can have it to the end of the season. You've either got faith in them or you don't. I think when you're only 11 games into a season, I think end of the season doesn't work. I think if you've only got six, seven, eight, maybe nine games to go, you can say, we'll tell you what, we'll give you it to the end of the season and on you go. Um, I think it would have to be, and this is obviously without being privy to who's actually applied in any interviews or anything like that. I think obviously it depends on the level of applicant and, and what goes on in, in that interview process but without knowing that it's, it's it has to be a pretty strong decision from the board to turn them down <laughs> given what's happened in the time that he's been in charge I mean it's a very very you'd have to be very certain that you're getting someone who can go out and get get the level of performance out of the players that he's got certainly in the last two weeks yeah. Um, and I absolutely understand that the temper of that probably played the worst two teams in the league so for me, if I'm making the decision, I'm saying we're going. I would obviously have your interviews, and I'd give them the next two games, Sten in the Scottish Cup. Um, if that goes well, happy days. Um, and then you've got a, a massive game at home against Elgin, and we'll be honking at home. Um, and if we can, if we can go with that, and, and he gets positive results, then then I think it says, if I'm honest with you, because I think it's a a very very brave decision for the board to turn around now and say, well, you've done all this, that was great. We're
1: absolutely certain that we can get somebody better than that and to do a better. It's it's such a, a big decision for the club and it's really going to shape how the next couple of years pan out. And I mean I I it's what I said about like heart head v heart and everything like that. And I'm trying to look at it realistically and it's like we've had two wins, but it's not been against great teams, but it's been really good performances. But can, is that sustainable? Can he get the team playing like that for the whole season? Is it the whole new manager bump? Or you want to get the, the players like the guy and they don't want change, so they're really playing for him. That's not to say that the new manager won't come in and take him to an even better level. And then you don't know what contacts different managers could have and what experience they bring. And
0: if it's, I don't envy if it's, the board. If it's between... You know, let's say it comes out of between Naismith and McDonald. I think, I mean, it's a, it'll be a tough decision, and I think there's pros and cons for either one. Um, but you know, I think either one would be one I'd be happy with. Um, I think uh, there is that thing. I, I feel like if it wasn't Greg McDonald now, like I, I'd kind of feel like he's he's been quite hard done by um, I think he sort of deserves you feel like he deserves a shot at it but at the same time, if they interview McDonald, they interview Naismith and they go Ugh, "You know, it was tight but with just go McGarry, I'd I'd get um, <coughs> but either one I think I'd be happy with, I mean I think Greg McDonald now it, it wouldn't just be a, a heart overhead, I think there are strong arguments for him to be the manager definitely
1: The thing is, whoever they appoint, there's going to be some fans that aren't happy. If they go with Naismith, folk will be like, oh, it should have been McDonald, why have we gone back to to Naismith? If they go with Greg, it's going to be the stuff that Lee said, or they're going to say, oh, he's not experienced enough, there should be better candidates without people really knowing who the candidates are. Because, I mean, we can speculate all we want, we don't know 100% who's applied, we don't know how many interviews they're doing, who they want to interview. Scott Agnew's name that was getting bandied about, it's like, where did that even come from? How did his name start getting bandied about? Did he put that out there just to to see how it goes? And like we've spoken that it looked like the top three candidates were Agnew, McDonald and Naismith. i rule Agnew out because he's got no experience. I know I've said I don't like it's always the old guard and you need fresh faces. We're in a situation where that, I don't think is what the club need. I mean, there could be some dark horse that we don't know about that's done well in in the Scottish game as an assistant or in the juniors or something that's done really well with the club and is taking them through whatever the the club decide. We just need to rally around and support the guy.
2: Yeah, like it, it is definitely like that head over heart thing, you know, Greg Scott Hero. Status at the club, and I get Doug's point about like not ever wanting to lose that, like that. That's totally in my mind as well. But kind of like, um, Gordon said there. I think that for me, he's done enough to say that he deserves a chance, and I, and I'm going to slightly disagree with War about the the end of the season stuff because you, you see clubs do it all the time on a deal till the end of the season for for a manager, and you know, I would I would be for me. If you get us into the playoffs, you'll get an automatic two-year extension or whatever. If you don't, then we'll make a decision. So, because if you're a manager, you should back yourself and you'd be like, "Me fuck it, I'll take Daniel." Mm. Why wouldn't? Why wouldn't I? I know that I'm good enough to do that? So, the the thing is, is is that the only argument against Greg for me, just so I'm trying to look at everything holistically. Is that he's obviously been involved in assembling this squad? But you know we've said today's got depth and stuff, but there's still issues that I don't think that we've been addressed. Left back position, for example, um, <clears throat> and he, and you know he's not. He he said that one of the meetings it was like sixty people or whatever it was that he'd tried to to get in and couldn't. Now is that because Crawford's not wanting to say like oh you can't spend that on him or? You, you don't know the intrinsics of how it works, but... Well, yeah, you don't know how I much think, input
1: think, he had in it all.
2: Yeah, there's that, but I think that if it's Gary Naismith, he's, he's got a lot of friends in football. You know what I mean? Boys for Hearts will come bounding in because, obviously... His best mates were Robbie Nielsen, so you know he'll be able to utilise those friendships, and you know we could maybe get another boy like Finlay Pollock that was at us last year. You know that sort of player we were probably a bit of chance of getting with him in charge. So I get it, and look that in in an argument for Gary Smith, he won us the league. He was excellent. You know, the, the, the way that he changed the club behind the scenes was was massive and the professionalism that he brought to us and securing us the Orium just as it opened as a as a mm-hmm. training base and all these things, you know, I'm not being disrespectful to Gary at all. The, the only thing about Gary is when we went up under him, we were tragic. We were really, really bad in League One. Um, I think he left us. And we hadn't won a game in six games when he got the the Queen of the South job or five games, so that's that's probably what's hanging in the back of my mind. But look, I'm I'm not going to be devastated if he if he gets the job.
1: Yeah, I and mean either one, one of. Contrary
2: to your ag ar- ar- argument, I would have liked to see Maggie, but
1: I can't see it happening. Yeah, I mean, do do we see an appointment before the cup, or does Greg take that team
2: interviews in of this week? All right, so. If for this week, then I, I think we'll hear, I think we'll know by Friday.
1: But Greg would still take the team then. In that case, no matter what, it, it would be stupid not to have him take the team. To be honest, you can't the just. Manager might I, want to get in and run, though. For a cup game, and I know, I know you're not totally sold on cup games and cup runs, mainly the league cup. But... League,
2: league cup, I don't care about Scottish cup. I love and I want okay. to be as far as I can in it. Um, there's a few grounds like we were talking about that yesterday before the game that I really want to tick off. So I'm hoping that we can get like Motherwell or, or something like that in the next round away from home and, and, and try and tick a few of the other grounds I've not mean to.
1: Well, let's just round this up then by looking ahead to that game next week. So I, I, I love the cup. It's Any cup football just always excites me. We're going up against a, a Stenny side that we did not play well against. September 20th, 2-1 defeat. Um, big turning point, of course, was Kieran Miller's sending off, but shouldn't have been a sending off. Um, how, how do you see it going? I don't fancy it. Really? <laughs> when you're leveling points on the table, it looks like two pretty even Yeah, I, I, I don't teams. think there's much
2: between us. Um, they've, they've got a, a good team, but I just... I think that there'll be major distractions of new manager and that sort of thing. Um, I would be very surprised to, to walk away with a win. I'm going to go a, a narrow one no defeat. I
0: think it's just like the pessimist in me. It's just like, you're like, oh, first round of the cup that we're in, looking for a good draw and you're like, oh, Stenny away. Yeah. And we'll get beat there. Like, it, there's that in me but I think it should be, it should be a tight game. I mean, I know uh apart from yesterday, Stanley on good form and they kind of turned it around a wee bit and they beat us. But at the same time again, you know, they didn't beat us comprehensively. Um you feel like if we've if we carry the improvement that we've seen the past couple of games into that game, we should be able to win it. Nobody in this league is any great shakes. I mean, maybe apart from Sterling on form, nobody else is somebody that you should be worried about. And I think we feel if we play well then we've got a good chance, but it's got that—that's just sort of like shit cup draw pessimism of it, basically.
1: When you you look at the draw and there's so many non-league teams playing each other, and you're like, "Oh, we could have had a really fun day out at somewhere that we've never been before and may never ever go again." But so then, Banks or something, banks a D hangs over me from last year.
2: Yeah, I mean, avoid avoid any teams would be in them.
1: Yeah, yeah, so we should be all right. There's no bees in Stenhouse-Muir, so we're fine.
2: Yeah. The rebrand is Benhouse-Muir for Saturday.
1: <laughs> War, how do you see it going?
4: I actually think we're in a really good chance. Um, we're I? obviously very strong away from home. Um, if we carry the confidence and style of play in from last week into that game... They're coming at the back of a 3-1 home defeat. We've come off the back of a 4-1 away win. Um, I don't think we've anything to fear. I think we keep the same formation, you go and change, you have a go at them, and I think they're there for the taking. And mean, as I say, you have no fear, you play with confidence, and, and I mean, look, listen, I, I totally take on board everyone's comments. If you wrote down probably your top three worst draws, Dennis Muir away would be in that top three, just because it's a team in the same league, it might be quite a turgid game. But I think where we are now. For the last few
1: weeks, I think the Gloom will have a go at it. And I think we're in we my good chance. I think so as well. I I think 2-0, 2-1 for us because we're flying, we're full of confidence and, and that goes a, a very long way. I'm just looking at some of the other fixtures just now because I hadn't had a full perusal of how the draw had played out. There's some absolute crackers in there and potentially some big shocks as well. I take it the come Nick Dumbarton games on BBC then if it's Friday night. Yeah, I guess oh, yeah. that should be a cracker. That will be a brilliant atmosphere. And with the form Dumbarton's in could have a cup shock there. Breakin' Sterling. Wow. What a game that is on the Saturday. Breakin flying just now and top of the Highland league and then Sterling top of this league as well. So that should be a good one. Sockey and Bur- Bonnie rig, that could be a little shock.
0: Fraserborough oh. Strenwar. I mean oh, that's yeah. you got I think Fraserborough got a good chance there.
4: I think winning Rangers at home at Forfar as well. You could see that yeah. in a wee, um horrible day out for Forfar.
1: Pollock hosting Annan because Annan's not doing that well just now. Elgin hosting Camelin, thats not guaranteed. Glasgow University, Albion Rovers is another one that could have a little shock there.
0: Like, possibly, I mean that would be a that'd be like a good be shock a
3: big shock. That yeah,
0: I think I think Albion Rovers. Like I said, Although they're bottom of the league I don't think they're a bad team I th- I think they should have too much For that I-, I think you could have a-, a Right good few number of shocks there In terms of league teams getting beaten by Non-league teams
1: Just trying to work out how many non-league teams Are definitely going into the hat In the next round and there is A lot There's going to be at least 11 non-league teams in the next yeah. round And that's just not from any cup shocks on top of that that should be fantastic I, this is what the cup's needed here for a while because i've spoken about this before i love the fa cup i love that the bbc have the early rounds now that you can watch an eye player and i've been watching in the last couple of years and it's you're in the middle of nowhere in tiny little grounds and i just wish we give a little bit more love to the scottish cup at their lower levels but of course the media is just infatuated with the old firm and the uh, top Premier teams that you're not getting that but it's, it's getting there it's getting better the fact that we're getting games on the TV at least
0: even like in terms of not because it's got a league team in it but you know Linlithgow Rose versus Spartans that looks like a great game and those two teams will be right up for that, like that that's a big game for them to get into the next round potentially getting you know bigger Premier League teams Um, you know, that would be a great one to watch on TV
1: I take it to. we're not getting the highlights of all this it'll just be what we can find on YouTube
0: you get that they do a good, um, they do individual highlights of every game. I think on YouTube it is very good on YouTube, but I don't think it'll be on TV. Disappointing,
1: but looking forward to love the cup. We'll be back chatting about that next weekend. Just before we go, we've we've kept this tight again, so that's good. We'll go around everyone. See any anything that caught your eye this week? Any funny moments or any final thoughts from you? Let's start with Gordon. Um, well, I was looking around and nothing
0: really caught my eye from the rest of football, but I do want to give a little mention. We're talking about some of the songs getting sung at the ground, and I think I think this one was from our own Doug Perry, but to the slightly overweight Bonnie Red goalkeeper Mark Weir, he was singing uh, "Whoa, fat goalie, bam, bam, whoa, fat <laughs> goalie, bam, bam." I thought that was one of the the best uh, funniest songs I've had in a while. I think it put him off his stride as well, to be fair. Well, he, he miskicked the third one, wasn't it? And we scored from it.
1: Aye, uh, the fourth one at the end,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. That's something I really miss, is like coming up with spontaneous songs like that at the games. Because most of the games I'm at, I'm in the press box here. But aside from that, it's like so, so rigid and choreographed here because they have their capos and they're leading everyone in the chants. And it's just, it's just not organic. And I just miss... Oh, something funny's happened. You just come up with some random stupid song and that's the ones that always stick in your head.
2: Yeah. That goalie was fat, bam, and he looks it's like that. Bam, So <laughs>
1: that was very funny. Uh, War, any final thoughts from you or anything funny that caught your eye this week?
4: Um, the only thing I would probably add is um, Onto what you kind of covered off at the, the start mm. By saying how it was the perfect day for Lee In terms of new ground, score one wins, etc, etc The only thing you missed off, Mike Was the fact that the Rovers got beat in the 93rd minute with I didn't block. even
1: I didn't even see that I didn't bother so looking was, at the championship I want, scores
4: okay, I didn't want to pick you up on that But I thought you cannot round off without a good old laugh at the Rovers So
1: that's my Oh, point. I'm getting those scores up just now I just looked at League 1 and League 2 Championship's looking fantastic again. It's like, that's going to be one hell of a battle. There's like three points now separating the top six. It's like, wow. And Wraith's not one of them. So yeah, okay. that, that, that must have pleased you, Anything that you want to add? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no,
2: not at all. Looking forward to, to staying away next week. Make sure if you're wanting to go, you can give the Supporters bus, um, some support. See what I did there. Um, obviously, try and fill the seats. And if you're interested in going along, just make sure you give me a in a shirt.
1: are right, you going on the supporters bus next week? Yep. Oh, that's two seats filled in.
0: <laughs> Honestly,
1: is absolutely,
0: really absolutely needless, right? Right at the end
1: Because eh? <laughs> I, I, you'll be taking your your beloved. Is what I meant, obviously. Get up, you. Yeah. <laughs> that what you say to her? Pretty much, actually. <laughs> and on that note, let us just say goodbye. You can find us on Twitter at Glory Days of Gold. Get in touch, Gold at gmail.com. If you want to get in touch with me, you can do so on Twitter at AFTNCanada. We will be back soon, hopefully, talking about a cup win. I don't know when the cup draw is, if it's going to be next weekend or not, but hopefully we know who we're facing in the next round after that. And hopefully it's a nice little away trip as well, something pretty decent that also maybe gives us the chance for a victory. But we're flying high just now. The feel-good factor is back at Bayview. Long may it continue. As always, thanks for staying with us. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. Till then, take care and mon the fife.
3: Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course banner, All Conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road to sing my songs for the boys and black and gold, I heard the stories about 1938. I was just a boy and he'd have to win yeah, those broken dreams and what might have been at that stadium by the shore from those glory days and gold might return once more